You are listening to Work Human Radio, pioneered by Global Force, bringing more humanity to today's workplaces. You are enjoying our special edition coverage recorded live from Austin, Texas, and Work Human 18. And now, here are today's hosts. Right. Good morning and welcome back to Work Human Radio. I am your host, Todd Schnick, joined by my friend and colleague, Rayanne Thorne. Day two, Work Day Human two. 18. Boy, if it's as good as yesterday, we're in for a treat uh, today. It, yesterday was so fantastic. I'm looking forward to every conversation we have scheduled for today, but none more so than this one. Well, we've had the pleasure of chatting with this gentleman on previous uh, opportunities, and we it have. was a fascinating conversation. As you were pointing out this morning, uh, He's oft quoted in journalism all over the world about uh, his commentary on on various issues related to work humans. So it's always a pleasure to chat with him. Let's welcome back Holger Mueller. He's a vice president and principal analyst for Constellation Research. Holger, welcome. Thanks for having me. Good to be here again. Uh, It's always good to see you, sir. But I'm confused. Is it day two or is it day three? (laughs) For us. For for us, exclusive coverage of uh, this event. (laughs) It's day two of our coverage. Because if you look what kind of speakers they had on Monday already, you thought it's more than a day two, three of another conference. It was a pretty stunning day for the pre conference, no doubt about it. Uh, You're off to change my uh, script for for the next conversation. (laughs) Rule number one uh, get the moderators off their script to make an authentic (laughs) conversation. There we go. He did it, didn't he? Yes, he did. So, Holger, <laughs> remind the audience a bit about you and the work that you're out there doing. Yeah, I'm an industry analyst working for a small good, but good firm, of course, Constellation Research. We focus on how innovation changes um, best practices. My focus areas are twofold, so people shouldn't be worried if it's schizophrenic, what they see from my exhaust, which is not relevant today, is how companies build new applications. So it's all of uh, machine learning platforms and so on, which kind of ties a little bit to what I do here, which is future of work, which is all about what do we do, what do we, when, when we work, how we work, how do we get paid for work, what motivates us and so on. So, you know, when we live in this world of HR technology and all of the information and data, tech that you're reviewing, one thing that stands out for you is that performance management is broken. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about what that means to you and can technology fix that? Well, that's a great question. So, so first of all, I'm on the record of saying performance management is broken because we see the uh, reaction in the enterprise when the performance review period is canceled. Right? People pop open the champagne. It's not like they're saying, I'm quitting. The right. performance <laughs> review is not happening. Right? Right. <laughs> this is the right employer. No. And and the great question from you, uh, Rayanne, because it's um, in not in the human nature that we like to have a conversation about negative topics. Right? We try to avoid this. We don't like to get rated. We want to rate. Uh, we don't want to say, hey, by the way, you have to do these, these things. So I think to a certain point in the first wave of talent management, the software vendors oversold what software can do. And it pains me because I've been building software for 25 years. But there's always this tendency to oversell what it is. And that's to be a combination between the humans, right? We hear it work humans, so people who can do certain things and you have to train them, empower them, make them comfortable to do things, like an uncomfortable situation with a boss, with a direct giving feedback, receiving feedback, and then in combination with the software. And it's tragic that performance management does not work in the enterprise right now because it means the whole category of talent management creators if you think about talent management, you start in recruiting, I want to hire good people. If I don't know who my good people are, how am I going to find good people? Right. Yeah? 
I'm shocked that this high potential everybody thumbs up person left us after three weeks and then I go, oh shoot, he or she sat in the cubicle office next to this mediocre person and thought everybody is like this. Couldn't oh. even find the good people, right? So, so I don't know where to onboard, who to onboard, who to mentor. I don't know how to do training. I can't tell you I sent, sent you, Todd, and Rayanne to a training and afterwards I don't know how much you learned more. So should I send Mike and other people to the training or not? What did it do for your performance? I can't do pay for performance. All the, all the ruffled suffles you can have around people not being compensated right because they informally know who the good people are and then you can't reflect that in, in compensation or other benefits. Succession management, right? How many managers, how many people get promoted who are really uncomfortable in that role, don't want to be in that role, but they were just the next person up. Right. Yeah, right. So pretty much everything in talent management is broken if performance management doesn't work. The good news is that vendors have for the first time, it's hard for them, acknowledge that since about three years. And now we're in this phase of experimentation. Yeah, we know like a true north is that we want to have more longitudinal feedback, not like, hey, next week, get your spreadsheet ready, right? we know that. We want to have uh, little tiny pieces, we want to have constant coaching. That's all things which probably will be part of the solution, but there is no solution right now. Uh, no, no best practice. Right? Uh, 15 years ago, company success factors got big because they were the best of doing what was the clear best practice. If anybody had to do performance management, was either break down my top-down goals or bubble my goals up from the bottom or see something in between and then 360 degree came. But that was easy to do. It was the way how you do things. Right? It's just we have better questions than you have or something like that. <laughs> and this phase is no longer there. So it's broken. It's an opportunity for, for people leaders in the enterprise to experiment. It's great news that they're experimenting, that they have guts to experimenting. It's easy for them to do that uh, in the performance management area because every line of business executive in the enterprise is saying, this doesn't work. I can't find my good people. The people are not happy how they get rated. Do something else. Try something else. And this is a great creativity phase. It's, it's good for the vendors who can try things out. And what we see already in the maturation, I mean, having all the events happening this spring, is that the large vendors with the deep R&D pockets, they go to the point of what's typical in the situation says, here are the tools. You decide what's best for your enterprise. And what I personally like, having been software for such a long time, it doesn't have to be monolithic, which is the right answer. So monolithic means there's one way of doing it. But there must be multiple ways of doing it. So there's three, four, five ways which you can kind of distill out how to do performance management. And the practitioner, the people leader in a division has to decide not for the whole company, not for the whole enterprise, which would not fit, not for the whole regions of the world, but for a certain part of employees, for a certain right. type of employees, what is the right way how to get a better level of managing performance. Now I talked for a long time. <laughs> well, <laughs> well it's fascinating information. Let me put on my pessimistic hat, though. I mean, I, humans are humans. We're can't, messy. can't do that. I'm German. I'm pessimistic. <laughs> by you have to be the positive American. <laughs> <laughs> but we're human. We're messy. We are cranky. We yeah. are sensitive. And we could develop the, the greatest technological solution to try to deal with this, yeah. but we're still going to have difficulty with negative feedback and that kind of thing. And you think we'll ever get there? I mean, how to, or is this the thing that we're just going to have to recognize? Hey, let's just keep working at it. Let's keep trying. Let's keep evolving. Let's keep experimenting. I, 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 I'm, ho I'm hopeful that we can get there, yeah. but I don't know. What do you think? I, I think it will always be against human nature, but humans are extremely adaptable, extremely trainable. Yeah. So to a certain point, software can help them. And it can eliminate bias with the advanced machine learning and AI, where you always thought, I always like people with a German last name, right? Sorry. No, Thorn is pretty German too, sorry. Yes. And so <laughs> I always like your show. <laughs> and I totally admit or oversee another show, right? And I always rate you guys high. So if I can get this in front of me, of telling me, hey, you have a certain bias in these things, and then tells me that's what you should talk about with the employee, and if software can help me to find the right topics, and I'm more successful with this, and the employee appreciates it. Things I have not seen, I was not comfortable to talk about, that 
could make the difference. It's too early to say, but I'm an optimist on technology. Sorry. No, so, so I know you're doing a lot of work and study in AI, which by the nature in our, our uh, community, our industry is that extension of big data, machine mm -hmm. learning and so right. forth. Um, can, can we code out bias? Just to go back to something you just said, I mean, if you've got a coder that has a bias or you've got a yep. tech dev person that already has a bias or a, a thought that, and not intentionally, it's built into the programming or development of a product. So how do we, how do we get past that place where the human that created the software, yep. that their bias isn't built into the software? Great, great question. So absolutely right. I say that uh, most of the time. But that's mostly the case with the older analytical techniques where a data scientist would have to make a decision which tool am I going to use. And with that, there would be inherent bias in the technology, not even in the data. And then next came the data because they had to select certain data. The big advance that we have these days is that we know big data can store everything. But anybody I do a suggestion for, you should say this, this is your bias and totally neglects that. I can store that information. Uh, and maybe they're right, maybe they're not. And then we see the rise of the neural network which is um, right. an infinite way of learning from data with no assumption, with no human intervention, the deep learning network. So as long as you capture those data signals, right? say the AI is giving you a bias which is wrong, which people are rejecting, as long as enough trustworthy people out of your big data cluster are rejecting, the neural network will transform, will change. Yeah, the big fear of people is then that I don't understand the neural network because constantly morphing, constantly changing based on the data and people want to understand why this re recommendation is there. And I think this is a, the wrong perspective of it because even in the old algorithms, no business practitioner said, all right, my data scientist did a Bayesian model, a forest and trees model, whatever. I'm not going to learn up for two, three weeks on mathematics to really understand. No, nobody has the time. And where I'm optimistic on AI making suggestions with bias, no biases, we are very good as humans to right away have an opinion about something which is handed down to us. And in the corporate world, typically, you get an email about something happening. We can right away say, great idea, finally, stupid, here they go again. This will never work. <laughs> it doesn't, we don't need a supercomputer, right? It takes us a few seconds to find out. Now, if that comes from an email from the top or from a colleague or from somebody, or if it comes from some kind of artificial intelligence, we'll have an opinion. And as long as our opinion can be listen to, can be not put in action, I'm not forced to do this, then I'm an optimist on the side that the data signal of me using it, not using it, will help the reinforcement or the change of the neural network into something which does not have the bias. All right, so let's continue the conversation of digital transformation. What else should we be thinking about and paying close attention to? Well, Ray Ann stole the, stole the funder. <laughs> yes, she did. point with that, because we've been talking about digital transformation for a long time. It's just using digital tools to change the efficiency and best practice in company. But if you think about it and step away from it, we've been doing this all the time, right? Since the first mainframe came in, the technology was used to make it easier on the people who had to close the books instead of adding up tables manually over the pocket calculator. Well, pocket calculator wasn't invented, but with a rather rough What's called in English? Calculator. There's a name for it, brand name for it. You shouldn't mention it on the show. No. But yeah, you, you know what I mean, right? We, we all didn't grow up from it, right? The people right. who could look at something and type blazingly fast on the other oh, side. Right. Right? The, oh. Yeah, yeah. You know what I, I know mean. what you're so talking everybody about. Everybody who's listening knows what I mean. <laughs> if you know it, tweet to us and tell us. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. What, what this machine it's was called. The, the, the computer of the old times. And now I lost my train of thought. Think about that. So we were talking about uh, digital transformation. Yeah. So we always use digital tools to improve how we work. We can work better or tools in general, digital tools later. The big change now is that our know-how, what we're talking about, our digital exhaust, 
can be modeled, can be processed for the test time, making it better for us, easier for us to make decisions and automating things, and which is something extremely important for HR because HR is the only business function pretty much where your job isn't safe because you did, say, performance reviews so well, but you missed your business objective. Yeah, so you, HR is an additional weight carrying on anybody who has to do a job in the enterprise because, of course, at some point you need people, you need software to help you doing this, right? You need performance management, you need to find the good people, you need to hire people, you think about raises, they don't get their paychecks, there's so many things that go wrong, but that's not your main job. Your main job is what you got tasked by your enterprise to do something with technology and with people. So anything you can make that lighter and easier is extremely important, extremely appreciated. And that's the digital transformation 2.0, I call mm -hmm. it, where artificial intelligence, learning from these things, is doing things to help people to be more productive and more efficient at their work. So I'm sure that many of our listeners are, with their mouth open, listening to you speak, thinking, slow down, tell me more, how do I, how do I bring this into my HR practice? How, how will it make a difference? What exactly is digital exhaust? What, you know, mm -hmm. what is the impact truly yeah. that AI will have on my experience as an HR practitioner. Do you have thoughts about, AI? I mean, we've been, I've been, we've been talking forever about yeah. machine learning, about right. big data, and, and in the last two years, AI has been the focus. Is, is there truly going to be a use of artificial intelligence in HR, in HR technology? Oh, absolutely. I, I have no doubt in that, right? So if you look at a space that is super competitive in HR, which is recruiting, Mm -hmm. There's no recruiting vendor when it used to be called predictive analytics that we have models. Right, we cut, we've called it called everything. <coughs> but but in the, the, the important thing, I think, to step back was very thankful basing me back here on the ground in the Austin <laughs> Convention Center. I think the, the number one thing for the HR leader, the people leaders in the enterprises, to go back and understand what is the thing which powers all of this, which is big data. And for right. the first time, companies, enterprises can store every electronic information which is available to them without knowing what questions they want to ask. Yeah, the past technology for that, the horse buggy, if you want to call it, was a data warehouse. And data warehouses were expensive, took two, three years to build. And if you want to change something, because something new was coming. Right? Or so find something, something, it was impossible. <coughs> finding in the realm of the questions which was built for, super fast. Even faster than big data today. But if I had another question, something else, I couldn't ask them. So the big advantage of big data or Hadoop under the hoods, if you want to be technical, is that for the first time you can store it. It doesn't keep you out of business, not too expensive. You never have to worry about it. And you can ask any question you want. Yeah, and that is what powers now, it's the progress, which you don't have to worry as a practitioner, the questions from the AI side to learn from that big data, to constantly morph on the signals on the data which is under it to help you make better decisions. But start with the big data part, understand the technology, understand the ramifications. I would like HR leaders to be much more active in this because one of the unsolved problems of big data is data access. Yeah, it's, it's, it's all flat, right? right, so, right. But not everybody can see everything. What's the most natural hierarchy in the enterprise? It's not the cost centers, it's not the product hierarchy, it's not the sales hierarchy, it's the reporting hierarchy. Most managers can see what their directs are doing because guess what, they're often even responsible for what they're right, doing. Right? Right. So, so HR professionals should understand the technology and be actively talking to the technologists and say, I want out of my HR system the reporting hierarchy be in these big data clusters to have the most common way of having access that gives them 
exposure to the new technology that makes HR relevant for the rest of the enterprise and it secures many of the insights and can lead to avoid many issues you could potentially have of the wrong people seeing the wrong data. So that's what would be my number one task for ground zero for an HR professionals to get into the AI space, which is not about AI. Uh, it's about securing, finding out how big data works and what's the contribution of HR to make that a secure way of dealing with big data. I'd love you to comment on enterprise acceleration, what's happening there, what we should be thinking about, and then follow that up with uh, how an organization such as Global Force and other entities can, can play a role there. Yeah, so enterprise acceleration is a research area I'm looking into since one and a half years, and it's all about that companies have to move faster. You know, there's no business which goes slower. So I have to find ways of continuously be more efficient and be more effective. And the fascinating thing of the times you live in is that for the first time, technology capability has surpassed what business best practice demands. And before it was always we were a compromise. always waiting. We were yeah, always we're waiting. We were always waiting for something. There was always a gap. The UI was never intuitive. The database was limited, right? We still see that in battery life, right? The battery life of our smartphones is still behind what our business practice is to last at least as long as we are awake. But um, most of the other areas have just passed that, and this creates a void for new best practices for companies to experiment. We see that as an example in HR and performance management. This would not be possible if the cloud wouldn't be there and new ideas couldn't be built very quickly. In, like in the old times where you had to build, buy hardware, build software, send right. out CDs, right? All this experimentation would have been so much slower. So companies have to find ways to move faster. And they find ways to move faster, we're back, it's all ties together. They have to have a big data strategy. They have to have something which I call transboarding. So a combination of onboarding and transfers. There's all this talk about onboarding being important. And yes, onboarding is important. But usually the number of transfers outnumbers the onboarding people by six, seven in an enterprise. And I expect from a transferee to be much faster productive than somebody comes new and has to find where the furniture is. Because I picked them for that job, they know the company. So do I help, do I, how do I help someone transferring be effective right away? I need something like the talent depth chart, where you can see for every position in the enterprise at any time is the best person working on that position. And I don't have to see it for my own team because I'm, un I'm surprised Todd and Rayanne resigned and they could have switched jobs and I didn't even notice. I just right. they could do mini reorg, everybody happy. Um, should have done that right away. It should be with my peers, it should be at my location, it should be in my enterprise, but then it has to go to the outside. If I want to go through the trouble to replace Rayanne, I have to make sure there's really a better person. Yeah, but I don't want to make that call for a recruiter. I have to make the call myself anyway. Yeah, the recruiter will send me a long list. The first list is all cannon fodder, if you know the, right. the, how that works, right? I need to make that call right away being empowered. And empowerment of the business uses one of the other four of nine key elements that HR leaders should look to to help their company to move faster. Outstanding. Well, fascinating stuff. I can't wait to talk to you in five years' time to see how I all know. this has moved along. Well, we'll be all accelerated and begun. <laughs> just be like like a hologram here well, doing the interview, right, right? I understand. <laughs> so so if we jump right over video, right? So there's still <laughs> an audio here. That's right. <laughs> That's right. That's right. So before we uh, close, uh, one final question. I believe you've been a veteran of all the work human events. You know, Todd, I forgot why was work human important for this. Enterprise <laughs> acceleration. Shall we put this in? Yes. Oh, let's sure, do it. sure. No, so, so the, the important thing of the um, rewards and um, recognition vendors is that humans inherently want to get recognized for good work. Yeah. And good work when a company has to accelerate or transforms is changing. It's not the same work anymore. And so having reward mechanisms to reward good behavior is crucial. Not for just running steady state, but especially when you transform. 
And that's where companies like Loboforce and the competitors in the category play a very important role to help an HR leader to get that carrot in front of people, to get the recognition in front of people, which still is the main intrinsic thing which makes us, to a certain point, work beyond the monetary part. Human. Yeah. <laughs> so, wow, human. So you've been at all the Work Human events, so I'd just love you to quickly comment on how the, the event itself has evolved, how the movement has evolved, and you know, where do you think Work Human is going? Well, it's shrinking, right? It's very unfortunate. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <Don't> <laughs> yeah. I'm just blown away. Just I've been, been to all of them, too, and yeah. the growth in this event is in s just staggering. Yeah, it, it shows that it has tapped into something that people yeah. really appreciate. I, think I always say it is the least... Uh, uns the most unsoftware conference I go I to in the agreed. HR circuit mm -hmm. every year. So it's not much about this. I think it's a balance, though, that uh, the people at Global Force have to think about uh, because ultimately people are here for the software. But I noticed yesterday in the keynote when they were talking about the new version of the software, there was a drop in attendance and attention. So to a certain point... It's a very delicate balance. Yeah, it's a sorcerer's apprentice balance that, of course, you, every conference has a motivational speaker. Right? But if you look who was here, I mean, pretty much everybody who has to do performance management in HR spoke here at the pre-conference. Right? Uh, uh, at a conference where we have, we have, to, uh, we have we'll have Ashley Judd, we'll have... Uh, Ronan Farrell, Amal Clooney, right? Yeah. We, yeah. Have, we, we had yesterday um, Salma, Salma Hayek, right? right? So uh, that is you only get one of them at an event, right? So I, I don't even know how the people at Global Force can top it in 2019, right? But, but I'm, I'm, I'm sure they will. They have about, a very right? good track record about it. Well, but, but I think get it you has up on the stage. <laughs> <laughs> that might be the way to do no, it. No, 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 no. I don't think so. <laughs> happy to, happy to. I'm always open for business, <laughs> right? That that's going to be that challenge, and then to morph it into more of a user conference. I just had a my most read blog post of the last six months is bring back the user software user conference, yeah, because ultimately when you come here, your boss sent you, took you out of your work. Of course, you should have a good time. You should enjoy Austin. You should have some inspiration, right. get some purpose from the conference. But then say, so what's new in the software? What did you, you learn? Go, um, yeah, we talked about <laughs> software a little bit. A little there bit. There was a demo station. And uh, yeah, the there was no influencing of the next thing. Oh, yeah, and we have these three defects or enhancements which we want to have. And yeah, no, there was nothing to get that in. And I don't know, maybe there's a special interest group here. I don't want to be anybody wrong. But I think it's the balance of the two. Mm. And this might be overshooting a little bit in a good direction, which I personally love because I can see all the influences right. and motivational speaker at one event. And then I don't have to save, like, save the time at the next ones because guess what? They say the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> yep. That's right. Yeah. Holger, before we let you go, should anyone need to contact you with any questions or learn more about your work, where do they go? Yeah, find, find me on LinkedIn. There's only one Holger Müller in San Diego because there's so many Müllers there. And uh, contact me on Twitter. Direct message is the priority inbox. It's at HolgerMU. That is H-O-L-G-R-M-U. Follow me there. Uh, direct message is what I see first. Holger Müller, the Vice President and Principal Analyst for Constellation Research. As always, sir, good to see you. Thanks for stopping by and joining us. My pleasure. Thanks, Thanks for having Holger. me. Thanks, Holger. All right. It's all the time we have for now. Todd and Rayan signing off from Austin. Look forward to seeing you again soon on Work Human Radio. Work Human Radio is brought to you by GloboForce, pioneers of the work human movement. GloboForce helps make work more human for millions of people and organizations worldwide. Learn more by visiting workhuman.com and join the Work Human movement by following us on Facebook, Twitter, and the Work Human Community Forum on LinkedIn. Thanks again for listening to Work Human Radio.